Hello Naglets, welcome to the Nag Personal Trainer podcast. So today's podcast was, it's a bit of a trigger for me, so yeah prepare for it, it's more triggered than when people use the word toning with me, I'll get onto that later on probably. So I basically, I went to the ledge centre where I number train, I was meeting Kate and uh, one of the members who popped out the doors. So someone I used to see quite regular when I used to work there. She had a chat, had a catch up. Really nice to see her. And she asked me a question. She said, oh, I'm not, can I ask you something? I goes, yeah, yeah, sure. And she said, what do you think about breakfast? I goes, um, what, uh, you know, elaborate a bit. What do you mean by what do I think about? She's like, well, should I eat before, say, doing uh, a workout in the morning? Say, so say she went to a class that morning and she said she hadn't eaten anything. And she says, oh, most of the girls in the room don't, they, they don't eat before they come in and we'll do, like, say, a body pump class and a body balance class. Now, for those who don't know, body pump, body balance, body combat, etc., the Les Mills brand, other class available, it's a very high-intense class. Even the body balance is quite intense. It's not your relaxation yoga type, I tell you that now. It's all to the beat. And with the body pump, there are many, many, many reps. I've had a go before, uh, as my uh, missus used to coach it. So I had to go in for the filming and the practice. Uh, to say the least, it's not my favourite class to do. <laughs> but anyway, I know it's quite intense. And I said, yeah, I personally say as a female as well, I'll get on to this in a moment, it's better for you to have something before the class. So if you're not a breakfast person, even just something small like a granola bar or half banana, uh, you could have had like a protein shake of some oats in or a little bit of nut butter in there uh, or some fruit in there. That would have been fine if you like, you know, if you're not a breakfast person, because I was that's what I was assuming. But no, it's a case of people, women particularly, which in a moment when I get on to why it's not a great idea doing this, are opting when having classes, especially in the morning, to not have anything eat at all, not even a little bit of fuel to fuel their workouts, especially if they're doing two hours, they're doing two classes back to back, intense classes, or a, head, or a hard weight training workout, or a really hard cardio session, doing at least minimum an hour of hard work, and they're not having anything eat because of the whole fasted cardio malarkey. Now, to elaborate on this, Kate, who's my business partner and friend, she did a great post the other day. Uh, if you follow it, Kate dot, um, kfit, uh, underscore smt sports massage therapy uh, she did a great post about uh, the difference between fasted cardio and not doing fasted cardio basically folks there is no difference when it comes to fat loss as long as you had a calorie deficit both ways work there is no superior one and as i was explaining to this lady who i saw at the gym and also you know i'm not mentioning names or anything uh, but she's also 50 plus so I'm aware she's probably at least menopausal and I said to her your body's going under a lot of stress already I did ask her I said you know are you going for the menopause and she's like yes and I'm like your body's going through enough stress as it is I said when you're not having anything eat before this morning class and planning to do two classes one you've got no fuel in you to do these classes I said, to your body's under stress already, your cortisol, your stress hormone, is higher already due to the hormone fluctuation, due to um, 
you know, basically going through the menopause phase. You get bodies going through a big transition. It's quite stressful on the body when doing that. And exercise is also stressful. It's stressful on the body. I'm not saying don't do exercise because it's stressful. Some stress is absolutely beneficial to us. I mean, anything causes us stress. You know, existing causes us stress. We have to have cortisol. We have to have a stress hormone. But when we get too much, just like anything in life, too much of anything is not great for the human body because we need balance. We want homeostasis. So obviously I was explaining this to her and I said, Luke, I said, you know, it's not faster for you to lose body fat if that's what you're trying to do. Or you just feel like it's the right thing to do because it's, I didn't think this still trended. Clearly it still does. And I remember when I used to work at the old leisure centre, um, talking probably four, four years ago, maybe, might be five. And I used to have, we used to have women coming out of the class nearly fainting because they had nothing to eat. And this is the morning classes. And the first class doesn't start till half nine in the morning. And most of these have gone up with the kids. They've taken them to school. So they've probably been awake since six, maybe half six, maybe early, eight, late, seven a.m. And then they're going to do one to two intense uh, work uh, classes. And, mo and most of our classes what we used to run at the old ledge centre were quite intense uh, in the mornings. You know, they were aerobic based or... They were body pump or body combat based uh, spinning classes as well. And yeah, we'd have women coming out feeling fit. They go, yeah, I've had nothing eats. And you're just like, and I get what why people do eat because they believe it's a faster way to fat loss, which initially if you're skipping a meal, yeah, if you only have two meals a day, it's a very fast way to, and quick way to slash your calories to create a calorie deficit. But is that sustainable? Are you going to adhere to that habit for the rest of your life? Because once you've lost that weight doing it that way, you've got to sustain to a point what you're doing. You can probably have a little bit more because you're able to increase that. But out of habit, you probably won't. You'll probably just go back to what you're doing because it was less stressful and more enjoyable. And then you're back to square one. So you go back to doing it again because you go, well, it worked last time. Yeah, it worked while you were doing it. When you stopped doing it, it stopped working like any diet does. Instead of thinking, how can I change my lifestyle? Can I just create a calorie deficit without skipping a meal? Now, the reason why I also am not a big fan of particularly females. Now, men, it's different as far as we know with studies recently. Men can train fasted in the morning and then crack on with the day. But again, there's no benefit, by the way, when it comes to fat loss or greater fat loss to skipping breakfast in the morning compared to people who have breakfast or have something eat, should I say, uh, before doing a workout session in the morning. So for females, if you're doing at least minimum an hour of intense exercise, now this could be anything from heavy weightlifting um, or doing hypertrophy style training. It could be from doing fitness classes, which are normally an hour usually. And, you know, it's it's basically hard. You know, it's normally tough, you know, you normally, and to progress, you'd have to really push to progress in those sessions. So what they're saying, the recent studies are, that basically for females, it could be quite detrimental to us for our hormones because it affects our hormone levels as we're very sensitive to a regular supply of energy. Um, it's just what our bodies prefer. That's why I think some women tend to snack quite a bit for the day or prefer to graze or have smaller meals. Um, it tends to be better for our blood sugars, again, just because of the sensitivity to our hormones. 
uh, as regarding to their sensitive to energy levels. So it can basically say, for example, if you decide to even do a whole day of fasting for females, um, never mind just like skipping a meal before or not having anything at all before a workout, but it can disrupt the important signaling pathway, which is called the, hopefully I pronounced this right, the hypothalamic <laughs> pituitary gondol, I can never pronounce that word, uh, gonadal, I think I'm saying that right, axis, or in short, it's known as HPG. Uh, basically, that's responsible for releasing uh, your hormones, like your luteinizing hormone, which releases in your luteal phase after about your ovulation phase. For those who don't know periods, just a quick lesson. Day one's the day you start bleeding. Day the last day of your cycle is the day before you start bleeding, which on average is one to tw is twenty eight days. But again, every female's different, um, so you have to obviously again you need to track to see what's normal for you. But Yes, it's responsible for releasing the uh, luteinizing hormones, your follicular stimulating hormones, and estrogen and pedestrian hormones as well. So if you're like putting your body in a position where it's going to affect your hormones as well as your energy, why do that when you can still lose body fat and still and have breakfast still or have a little bit of something before a session? It's not, it's no great, it's no, it's not superior. You can both have equal results. It is a case of, as we say, what works for you. But personally, if you're going to be training really hard for an hour, like say weight training or doing a class, whatever it is you do, a hard run, it is same for females. It's not ideal to do it on an empty stomach because of our hormones. It's quite detrimental. That's the recent research at the moment. It also increases, um, like you know, fasting through the uh, fasting like during sessions. Or for the day, if you're doing like, like say, a fasting diet, like intermittent fasting, uh, it can also, it's known for releasing uh, more of the stress hormone cortisol. And like I said, just this lady I was speaking to, she's going through the menopause. When you're going through the perimenopause and menopause, your stress hormone increases even more so, which is why you tend to need more rest days in between sessions. Uh, progressive overload is a little bit slower. Fat loss can be a bit slower because it's stressful on the body to be in a calorie deficit. So most of my female clients who are going for the perimenopause or menopause, I tend to put them on a slower fat loss phase if that's what their goal is at the time. Because I know it's basically their stress levels are high anyway. So we just take us time with the fat loss phase and sort out the lifestyle, sort out managing their symptoms, along with obviously getting their advice from their doctor or their female health specialist, ideally. And you know, that's what we work on because I want to make sure they're in a position where they're enjoying the exercise, they're enjoying the training, they're making progress, they're feeling better while losing body fat because what's the point of feeling like shit while doing it? Which personally, if I went into a one to two hour fitness classes like Les Mill style classes or a spinning class or an aerobic class, even a boxing class or even Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the morning on nothing, I would die bit dramatic but I'd probably pass out I would not be a very nice person I'd probably feel hanger I'd probably feel quite fucked afterwards it, no that's me personally but like I said this lady I spoke to she actually came out the class early because she did feel faint and a lot of women I used to see at the old center I would see massively eventually through all this exercise you're doing either one didn't really change 
And that's because probably they're not looking at the lifestyle factors, the sleep, the stress management, their, um, the, the energy they're actually putting into their body. But it's probably because they would eat more on the weekends or in the evenings late uh, because they've been starving most of the day. It's actually been known, for example, for successful fat loss, majority of people have successful long-term fat loss who don't have to really diet again. They might have to rein it in back and forth now and again, which that's maintenance. You should get a bounce between a certain weight or how your clothes feel. Or one example I heard the other day is for those who could do pull-ups, how their pull-ups feel, which I thought was actually quite a good indicator. So I'm going to use that. But the most successful ones were the ones who have actually breakfast. And I think it's to do with the fact when you have a decent breakfast in the morning, it doesn't matter what time you have your breakfast, by the way, if say you're not training in the morning, you know, if you have a decent breakfast, some point before 12 o'clock, let's just say that, because I get some clients get people going, well, I don't feel hungry in the morning. I go, okay, that's fine. So if you're going to go to a fitness class, just have something small, like a granola bar or half a banana, um, the, a bit of, that one of those mini serene loaves, those little fruit loaves, or fruity toast, as I call it, that fruit bread, which is sliced off. One of them just before, so you're not going to feel too sick. One of my clients, she has an energy gel because she goes running um, and she does do over a good hour. So I said to her, yeah, ideally you need a little bit of something. And also she's going through the, the perimenopause at the moment. Um, so again, I explained, you know, it'd be more beneficial for her to have something to fuel her workouts and to keep her protect her hormones basically through giving it a steady supply of energy and she's found her thing which suits her because she has to go very early in the morning because of a job and i said i don't want you stuffing down cheese and oat cakes in the morning because you're just going to feel sick during your uh, run uh, i've when during lockdown i was running in the morning and my friend used to go with she she preferred not really have anything or she'd have her go-to was like just a handful of cashews that was her thing my thing was either around a toast um a small bowl of cereal sometimes uh just uh some fruit as well would be fine then i'd have something bigger when i got back i'd have some high protein and still had carbohydrates in when i got home to replenish my body but it's the thing i think people think too much about taking away when you want to lose body fat rather than what can they add you know can you add protein to your meals can you add fiber to your meals like fruit veggies whole grains um you know Yes, add exercise, but add exercise that you enjoy. Don't do it because apparently it's the best fat-burning fat class because there's no such thing. Get onto that in a moment. Because what I'm going to get onto today to help you with this, because instead of just ranting and raving about women not having some form of fuel before their uh, first workout, and especially if it's in the morning, I am going to give five tips to help you lose body fat, even from now during the festive season so i'll be giving you five tips momentarily let me just finish what i was saying because i nearly went off on one then so if you're not a breakfast person and you're not training in the morning so you're like me you might train in the afternoon because you work in the morning so if say your first meal you feel a bit more hungry around about 10 o'clock that's fine you know have a filling breakfast then the what they reckon out the research is I think this is great for PCOS as well, as far as I know when I last looked at the research for this. Uh, it's having a bigger breakfast and then a medium lunch dinner, as I call it, and then having a smaller tea. And then you might have a little bit of something in between, like some snacks or something, just to keep your blood sugar steady. Uh, even for fat loss, you know, I say to some women, just class it as a fourth meal, that's that snack. So you're not seeing it as going back and forth. It's more I'm sitting down and having this. Just if I call it a snack, I think... 
people get into the mindset of going back and forth grabbing things or having something in between every meal so that's what they're suggesting having like a bigger breakfast a medium lunch and then a smaller tea and that because a lot of people eat quite late at night these days i don't know who these weirdos are i understand with work but some people i think they're just in the habit of doing that maybe because they have breakfast later some of them uh whereas i eat pretty much first things from starving oh this is the thing what that lady said i said are you actually hungry in the morning she says yeah i am actually i'm like bloody have breakfast have some couple of poached eggs on toast with a side of veggies that you're just going to stir for like mushrooms spinach tomatoes whatever it is you like have it some on, on some whole grain wholemeal bread a little bit of sauce on a salt and pepper you'll really love that you'd be nice and fueled uh you know say if you've got your session in about an hour and a half that'd be fine or two hours again experiment what suits you when to eat so you're not going to feel sicky during your session uh, so it might be your best eating first things and you're not going to feel too sicky when you go in your session but you'll be energized you'll enjoy the session you feel like you probably put a bit more weight on in body pump and then if you want to stay for body balance which i think personally is too much but if that's what you want to do because you like doing it at least you're fueled to do it and you're going to enjoy it and see progress in what you're doing just there's no point focusing on your fat burning or calorie burning for workouts because it's not exact what each person burns. We all burn calories different. For example, I can meet somebody else, same weight as me, same age as me, and same amount of body fat, same amount of muscle, and we will both still burn calories off completely different doing exactly the same session because it's so variant from person to person. So people go, how many calories do you burn in your class now? I'm like, I have no idea because I ain't got a, I haven't got a lab to test what you're going to be burning exact. There's no estimate I can give you. And, as, and the other thing I say is don't come my classes for calorie burning. Come here to move. Come here to uh, build strength, to uh, for, say, kickbox size, build a bit of speed and power, to enjoy it, um, to add move, more movement to your life, add variation to your life, and to make progress somewhere. So that's what they're suggesting with meals as well for, for long-term successful fat loss is basically, you know, have have a routine with when you have your meals as well stop having chaos a lot of people eat all over the place so you know everyone has their habits when they want to eat and i've got some clients who actually struggle to eat they just for some reason don't have feel that appetite so i said maybe because you've got a bit of chaos you need a bit of routine and your body will start recognize you'll start having those hunger cues um and it might be you don't want to eat big meals and that's fine it might be you prefer actually have a bit of something small first thing in the morning then you might have something a bit later. So you'll class that as a, as a meal, the both meals. But you might think, you know, I'll have four to five meals a day. I prefer people to call it, like I say, over snacking. And they'll just spread it out through the day because that suits them better. And that's okay. But definitely, girls, fuel before your training sessions, especially in the morning. Because the benefits are huge for doing it as well. In a day, you want to protect your muscle tissue. You want to protect your immunity. You want to protect your health. And you want to feel good when you're training. There's nothing worse than feeling like shite when you're training. For example, I've got Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu later. So I'm recording this right now and I've got Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in a couple hours. I've already trained at um, about quarter two to quarter three doing weights. Now, people might think I'm mad doing two sessions like that, but I'm making sure I'm fueling. And I'm sitting down right now, chilling, talking to you guys about this. Uh, but I'm always thinking with my food, what do I need to make sure I can do this so I don't fuck myself up? if that makes sense. But also tomorrow I'll take a full rest day. Apart from if I have to join in my class later in the evening where I'll just hold the pads. It's still a workout, but to me it's not so bad. It's just activity for me. 
But again, I'm, I'm even thinking how to fuel up tomorrow to recover from the, uh, you know, the workouts I've done today and doing my martial art as well. So I hope that helps with you decision whether to have breakfast or not before a training session in the morning. So just take away this for this part. First off, is it going to be at least an hour of hard training? I personally think 45 minutes myself, especially if you're doing heavy weight lifting. Uh, but if you're doing at least an hour, like a workout class, yes, fuel. Because some people go, what about 30 minutes? To be fair, the research is saying about an hour. So 30 minutes, like say a 30-minute run, I think, you, I think by the looks of it, it's okay to run on an empty stomach if that's your preference and you feel okay to do so. I think have a little something is always better. Just have something quite small. Um, you know, track it in if you're tracking. If you're doing fat loss, that's fine. But if you're maintaining, worry too much personally because uh, you're allowed a little bit more fuel whether you're tracking or not anyway, regardless because your goal is to lose more body fat. Um, I would say with fuel, if you're not a breakfast person but you've got a class first thing, then just have something small like a granola bar, a, a little mini serene loaf would be fine. A round of that small fruity toast would be okay. Half a banana if it's a large banana. Uh, any fruit, small bowl of cereal. So it hasn't got to be big or massive. It's just enough to get... Basically, if you notice the foods I'm telling you are carbohydrate-based, uh, which, again, will help with um, like I say, giving energy to the body. So, again, your hormones are going to be working effectively and releasing with balance as well. Uh, also, just make sure, if you, again, you're not a breakfast person, like, so you can have something small before and then you can have something bigger after. So make sure that's high in protein, Lots of fibre as well, which is great for energy, like fruit, veggies, whole grains. Uh, your protein, it could be you decide to have an omelette after. It could be scrambling on toast. It could be prot, so porridge, protein powder and porridge and milk. Um, got recipes on my Instagram at the personal trainer. Uh, and if you are a breakfast person, you are hungry first thing. Fucking have breakfast. I'm <laughs> frank with you. If you have got, like, say, you're training early, early, like, so when I used to go on my runs, that's the only time I'd have something smaller. But if I say, when I used to train at nine o'clock, back when I used to do shift work, I'd be wide awake at seven. I'd want to get up at seven anyway. I'd have a proper breakfast to make sure I'm fueled for my workout uh, at nine o'clock. That's what I'd have. And then by the time I come out, it's about 10 o'clock. I'll probably have a drink. I would have a bit of something small then because I would be a little bit hungry. And then I'll have my lunch and continue onwards for the rest of the day. But I hope that helps and makes sense with why it's ideal if you're working out, especially first, at some point in the morning, it is ideal to fuel up beforehand. Absolutely. Now, if it goes past 12 o'clock, you haven't fueled yourself and you've got a class in the afternoon, you should have definitely had a bloody meal at some point. Fuel your body even if you're doing fat loss, you can fuel your body and still get results um, and go work out while doing fat loss, which is what I'm going to explain next. So here now, my five top best tips. They're literally the bread and butter when it comes to fat loss. No pun intended with bread and butter there. But this is what I implement with every single client. It, the only difference is they all have their way of doing it. We have their way how we, how we record everything, how we plan it, um, based on whether they've got children, whether they're working, living at home with parents in a crowded house. This is the main core of what I do, these five tips I get, I'm giving to you now. So the first tip is the obvious one. I'm going to make sure my clients are in a calorie deficit. And that's the first thing you need to do. Now, to know if you're in a calorie deficit, now, if you do use my fitness pal, 
which is fine because I use it. I just use it as basically like a food diary for me, really. It helps me plan my meals as well. So it's great for like helping budget stuff and putting down recipes to see how they work. And I do it for people, for my clients and for you guys on my social media. So I share the recipes because it's helpful to learn how to cook new recipes. It's one of my uh, little bonus tips I like to give people with home cooking. So being in a calorie deficit, if you're going to use my fitness pal, here's a few tips for this. First off, put in your goals, your maintenance calories, because it'll ask you a series of questions to work out your calories. And basically my fitness pal, work out your calories. They work out your maintenance, but then they work out how much you need to take off to lose. Because most people will put in, they want to lose a pound a week. So guess what? It's going to base that on the principle of you need to take off 3000 calories uh, a week. I think it's a week top of my head to lose a pound of fat which for most females that's going to set you at 1200 calories on average that is not enough fuel if you are going to be active if you're looking at becoming active feeling younger feeling fitter feeling energized you want to look toned which is growing muscle if you're under fueling you will not get toned you will look like a skeleton because you're going to have mega muscle wastage having muscle ladies is very fucking healthy it supports your immune system, supports your skeleton. We are prone to bone disease, especially during the perimenopause and menopause. It is important, I cannot stress, to have muscle. It doesn't mean you have to look like the She-Hulk. If you watched the recent She-Hulk, she looks fantastic. But you won't end up looking like that because most people listen to this. We are general population. We are not trained to be bikini models. We want to feel a bit more comfortable on skin. We don't mind having a little bit of body fat, but we want that more confidence. Our arms feel a bit firmer. We want to jiggle a little bit less and be able to wear clothes and feel awesome in them for ourselves, not for anyone else. It's always for ourselves. So just bear that in mind. So with my fitness pal, I always say to my clients, I t I have got a calorie calculator. But there's, there's loads out there, but I've got my own, which... Um, I basically created just so people got somewhere to go to, which if you're on my Instagram, you can go to at the Dag Personal Trainer, click the link in the bio, and I've got the cal calculator on that list. And you can click on there and work out your maintenance on mine. It will tell you what you need to stay exactly as you are. It bases it off your weight, your height, your sex, your age, and then it'll work out your also your activity levels. So mine, the one I use is based off steps. So how many steps you do a day, which is great actually, because it's a bit more of a better average of when it comes to activity. And it'll give you your maintenance and it actually gives you a really good in, um, information sheet. You can click on the link afterwards, for it, which you'll get in an email in the inbox. And it breaks down, you know, what would you do in fat loss phase? What would you do in a surplus for muscle gain and maintenance? And even goes through macronutrients, protein, carbs and fats. It's really, really informative. And I would say learn, become informed because that gives you a bit more power of what to do. So with the calorie deficits of my fitness pal, put in your goal as maintenance because if you put your goal in as losing a pound of fat a week, it's going to put your calories too low. Put it in as maintenance, which may surprise you how many calories you need maintenance. Because the heavier, well, say the heavier, the more mass you have. So, you know, the more body, the more uh, weight you're carrying in total and the taller you are as well, the more calories you need. So say I'm five foot five, I'm 55 kilograms. If I was not active at all. I'd probably only need 1,600 calories a day to stay the same. But because I'm so active and I like being active, bear as mine, I enjoy it. It's embedded in my life. I can eat 21 to 2,300 calories a day on average. And that's because being active is a huge benefit. Now, it's not that I do hundreds of classes a week. It's my daily activity, which I'll come on to in a moment as another point of 
how to lose and, and be successful with long-term fat loss. So establish your calorie deficit. So once you've got your maintenance, just take off your calories yourself. You can do it manually. It lets you do that. You can only go through the settings. I can't remember the top of my head going through it, but there is a way of manually adjusting your macronutrients, which is protein, carbs, and fats. When you're adjusting them, set it as 30 fat, 30 protein, 40 carbohydrates. I'd say that's the best way around to have the split. I've got a few people who prefer more fats than carbohydrates. So they'll have 40 fats, 30 carbohydrates. Again, it's what works for that individual. And as long as majority of those calories are coming from fruit, veggies, whole grains, and your protein, whatever's left, uh, you know, the moderate amount of calories, like 20% of your calories, have something you enjoy if you wish. So set yourself in your own deficit. I would say don't take no more off than about 20% of your calories. Or if you want to figure, I take no more off than 400 for most clients. Uh, men, I can get away with a little bit more because they're bigger. So I can only get away with 500 calories. But for girls, no more than 400 usually. And what you could do there to give you flexibility for the weekends, times about seven to get your weekly total. So you can take a little bit off in the week. Don't take the piss because you'll end up binging. Take a little bit off in the week. So you've got a little bit more for the weekends. Or if you know you've got a special occasion coming up, maybe just save it for that day so you've got more to play with. So because at the end of the day, when people go on holiday for a week or two, they get pissed off. They're going to put loads of weight on, come back and think, oh, fuck, I fucked it all. So they carry on those habits they did on holiday because they think, what's the point? Because Christmas is coming. Someone so's birthday's coming. There's a wedding. Oh, fuck it. I'm also just not bothering until that's all over. It's like, no, you can still do bits in between because it's a couple of weeks or a week. You After a few weeks of going back to your habits before where you were working on fat loss, you'll be pretty much looking the same as you were before you went on holiday within weeks. So stop doing the bucket bucket. And just copy and paste what you were doing before. And if you're new to your fat loss journey, if you start nailing it now, and if you can lose body fat while going, say, wedding or going to festivities and enjoying cake still and having a normal life while losing body fat, then why not do it now? It's the best time to learn, I think. I think this is the best time of year to learn managing your calories, your nutrition, your habits, especially because it's darker, it's hard to get outside. If you can do it now with a little bit of a challenge of the, of the year we're at, You'll find it far easier in January to carry on and you'll have a breeze in spring and summer because when we're outside about and out and about more and you're moving more naturally, you'll have a far easier fucking time and then you'll nail it the following winter because you know what to do because it's all about behaviours, habits, lifestyle. So number one, make sure you're in a calorie deficit, but don't take the piss with it. Ladies, do not be surviving off 1,200 calories. Let's thrive. Most women don't need to go below 1,600. On low end, low activity days and you know you're going out on the weekend and you're below the height of say five foot two you could probably be all right on 1400 the odd day or 15 but most women i would prefer them a little bit higher than that if they're doing activity especially they're getting into weights or they're going through especially the perimenopause and menopause they're going through enough stress as it is but be patient with that with the calorie deficit don't expect to see a pound weight loss every week because weight fluctuates bit of an extra side tip there if it's not a trigger for you, monitor your weight daily. As in, say, get at least three, and up to obviously only seven days, only seven days in a week, three to seven days worth of your weight in a week, and then take an average. That'll be the weight you're going to use for the following, to compare to the next week again. Get a weekly average, not just doing one day a week because weight fluctuates. Um, and it's just data. Don't see that as saying that's you gaining body fat 
Well, if you if you gain a pound, because that could be you just had a very salty meal the night before. So it's just data collection. Uh, same with tape measurements as well. Tape measurements do maybe once every two weeks to start with, and then as it slows off once every four weeks, and eventually it might be once every six to eight weeks, and then less and less as you get leaner, because results slow off as you get leaner. So tip number two, increase your protein and fibre, which I mentioned in the calorie deficit bit. So protein ideally for fat loss, because you want to preserve as much muscle tissue as possible when you're doing fat loss. It is at utmost importance. Like I stressed earlier, it's your bone health, uh, having sarcopenia, muscle wastage, especially if you're going towards the perimenopausal, you are menopausal, even postmenopausal. I've got a few clients who are postmenopausal. And my main priority is I want them to build muscle because I want them to feel healthy. I want them to feel young, strong, and they love feeling that way. And they love their bodies more because they have that more toned loop because they've built muscle um, and they just feel good. They enjoy it. I was coaching one of my clients today who's 50 plus and you know, she finds it hard, the weight training. She knows it's hard, but I could tell afterwards she's enjoyed, she's done it. And she knows the benefits she gains from doing it. Uh, and she she makes sure she gets a good portion of protein in every meal she has. Um, I always say to people, Luke, if I tell you what your protein amount's going to be, you're going to think that's impossible. Because normally for fat loss, I like to people ideally be at 1.6 to 2.2 grams of protein per kilogram of their body weight. Now, for most people, that there's no one going to hit that. That's like 140 grams of protein for some people. Whereas me, it's 55k. I can get away with um, as little as 90 grams to 120 grams, which again, to some people, seems a lot because you're not used to doing it. So first thing I'd say is start learning to double your protein portions in your meals. So like, if you have one egg, have two. If you have 100 gram chicken breast, have 200 grams, or even 150 would make a difference. Um, if you're having a, a porridge in the morning, that's your favourite breakfast, uh, you know, add a scoop of protein powder to it. There is an act for doing it, just so you know. If you want to know the recipe, just drop me a DM or you can email me natalie at the nagpersaltrainer.co.uk. Make a note of that if that's something you want to do. And I'll send the recipe to you how to do that without making it taste like shit or mixing it up wrong. Um, but yeah, double protein portion and obviously the fibre side of things. So add veggies and fruit wherever you can to your meals because they are less calorie dense. So you can have more volume of them, which means you're fuller as well protein's also very satiating again makes you fuller um and also protein is important for the muscle building as well so if you want to get that toned look you need to have weight training and you need to eat adequate protein and that gives you that toned look and you have to do that for the rest of your life just so you know so this is things you've got to start implementing but i say fiber not just from a filling point of view but getting mixed source of fruit and vegetables into your diet and whole grains it's beneficial from getting uh, B vitamins, which are important for releasing energy, um, getting iron from some of your vegetables as well, which we know for females are important to reduce the risk of uh, having being anemic. Um, getting calcium as well, vitamin D. So calcium for, like, say, green leafy veg, vitamin D for mushrooms, for example, or try and get sunlight or supplementate vitamin D. Um, so it's important to have that varied diet because of energy levels because of recovery as well, repair as well. And just so you feel good, you know, you feel not as in good as in morally. I just mean, you just feel pretty awesome in yourself. So that's important. That helps with sustaining the calorie deficit. Like I say, 80% should be made up of your calories, should be made up of protein and fiber. 
And then about 20% is, say, that slice of cake you want or that chocolate bar or that glass of wine. It, again, that's important to have things you enjoy still within your diet. You know, if you have got calories left, you know, you've banked some for the weekend for that meal out, you could think, you know what, I can have a main, I can have a couple of drinks after, or I can have a main and a dessert. You can start making those smarter choices. Okay, number three. One of my favourite ones I like to give clients to do because a lot of people come to me that tend to do this, but home cooking. I think people think they've got to be chefs, and you haven't. For example, I've done a, a post for this weekend. Of, I've, I've actually, no, I might have already done it, but basically how to do the easiest breakfast on earth, which is scrambled eggs in a microwave and toast, and then put some spinach on your bread, or you can stay fry some veggies you like. That's it, dead simple. Like three eggs scrambled on a round of wholemeal toast with spinach some chilli flakes and salt and pepper and a bit of cream cheese and scramble it because it makes it uh, creamier. Just simple things like that. I think people overcomplicate it. Slow cooker recipes are so good to use. If you haven't got a slow cooker, fucking get one. Everyone's got air fryers, but I think a slow cooker is also one of the best pieces of um, cooking equipment to have in your house because you can do quite big bulk meals in it. Um, it also, because when we eat out more, calories are so varied when we eat out on the go all the time. Yes, the packaging says it on there, but... They could be up to 20% out, which is pretty huge. So I think the more you home cook at home, the more likely you're probably going to be in that calorie deficit, especially. And also when you get to maintenance, you might like to keep doing that. So it might be you eating out four or five times a week, including going shops to grab sandwiches or eating at the workplace you're at. And it might be it's not great, the food, what you're having, or doesn't help you towards your goals. So you think, well, how can I make food serve me better? And it could be, you know what, I'm just going to cook more at home and prep a bit. You know, you haven't got to eat the same meal every day. You could do what I do. So sometimes, you know, if I cook something on the weekend for me, lunch, say on a Saturday, I might just bulk cook it and think, well, then I've got leftovers from the week and I'll do a main batch cook first thing in the morning on a Saturday. It takes me no more time to really do it and it saves me four or five hours of the week. Whereas if I didn't prep that, I've got to spend an extra four or five hours in the week cooking when I've got a busy business to run. And most people feel probably the same because they're working or they've got kids or they just don't enjoy cooking much in the week. So get it out of the way on the weekends. You know, I don't spend more than an hour food prepping. I think people think I'll spend hours, but no, no more than an hour. If I'm throwing, if it's a slow cooker recipe, I chuck things in. It's about 15 minutes and I just leave it and I just spoon it into Tupperware. Boom, done. Okay, next one. Number four, having a sleep routine. And you're like, what the fuck is that to do with fat loss? Because when we don't sleep well, we have less energy. So we're going to move less. We're probably less inclined to go to the gym. We feel a bit grumpier than usual as well, which means we feel a bit sad, feel a bit more stressed. And you're also more hungry because your hunger hormone increases when you don't sleep well, known as ghrelin. And your your hormone that tells you you're more full now, known as leptin, decreases when we don't sleep well. So... If you have a good quality night's sleep and enough sleep, so both quality and enough, you're going to feel more energised. You're going to feel less stressed. In a be- you're also going to be in a better mood. Your hunger hormones are level, so you're not going to be starving all day, no matter how much you eat as well. You're more inclined to make better decisions for yourself. So having a sleep routine is so important. Set a bedtime routine. Set a wake-up routine. The amount of people I know who wing it and don't use an alarm, I don't know how you do that. That stresses me out thinking about that. Um, even on weekends, I have an alarm. So I don't get up later than 7am most weekends. Now, people go, oh my God, I can't be at 7 o'clock on a weekend. 
one, I don't need to catch my sleep up because I make sure I get enough sleep in the week. Uh, you know, I'm in bed between nine and ten and I'm up between half five and six, Monday to Friday. So on the weekends, as because I've had enough sleep, why do I need to bank more sleep when I don't need it? I generally am wide awake by six, half six anyway, because believe it or not, I do go to bed early on the weekend. Not early. Well, some, I did this weekend, just gone. <laughs> um, but there's nothing exciting going on. I just don't see the point in staying up if you're tired. I'm like, if I'm tired at nine o'clock on a Saturday, I'll go to bed. People might go, that's boring. I'm like, well, it's boring staying up because there's nothing else to do. And then most people stay up and end up um, snacking through the night because they've got nothing to do. If you've got... If you're gaming, for example, or you're out, I get that. You know, you're out socialising. You know, if I am out and about socialising, I tend to socialise in the day. I'm not, I'm not a night out at all. Um, you know, I will be up later and, and that's fair enough. So, yes, I will get up a little bit later. I probably will naturally want to wake up about seven or seven. Um, but that's just me, you know, and I'm not saying to you guys you have to go up at 7am. But I'm just saying set a regular routine, whatever your regular routine is. I think anything past 11, personally, for me, is a bit ridiculous. I just think what happens after 11 o'clock but i think some people do if they've got kids especially or a long working day now if you run a business that got a long working day you need to change that i did pretty much change mine because i was working till nine o'clock at night most nights i now work only one night a little bit later that's it and the rest i am finished by latest half seven most most days uh, in fact um I finish earlier on like Thursday and Friday. I finish really early afternoon these days. And that's why I'm happy to do an hour on Saturday teaching my um, class weekend warrior because I've got energy to do it now. I'm not burnt out like I was. And it means I'll go to bed at a nice regular routine. But again, because I was working later, um, I would stay up later. It felt like I had to, to have a bit of downtime for me uh, and also with the missus. And we, we would be up till 11 o'clock at night. But then I wake up the next day, have to get up early for when I was doing shift work back in the day or when I started PT and I feel like shit. So I'll give lockdown that. It gave me an opportunity to change that because I just wanted to stop feeling that way. And I knew it was going to age me and make me feel like crap. And it wasn't good for my immune system because I kept feeling like I was catching up with colds all the time. It's just worth absolutely to change. And, you know, this time when it's dark, I love it because it means I'm going to go sleepy easier because my body temperature's cooler and... It's darker, so I get, I sleep even better. And I love it. I love sleeping sleeping in in the winter, uh, but I'm happy to get up in the morning. You know, even if it's a bit dark, I'm happy to get up and get my day going. But have a regular routine, guys. And if you're a shift worker, just set a similar routine before you go to bed. What you would do, so like coming off your phone, you know, from scrolling. Uh, it could be you uh, read a book. It could be you meditate, do some breathing exercises. It could be you do watch a bit of telly, but you have no phone on you. Because some people actually make them feel quite sleepy watching telly. I'm okay with that. Um, my business partner and friend, Kate, for example, she loves falling asleep with the telly on. Um, she'll turn it off and go straight back sleeping. That's fine. That works for her. She's quite happy to do that. I couldn't do that personally because I'm riled up from whatever I've watched. So I have to go up and wind down. Um, either I just sit and relax with me or just chat to my missus for a bit. And then I'm quite happy to go to sleep usually. Uh, but yeah, I'd say have low lit lamps, try to get as much natural darkness in the daytime, get as much natural light as possible, which is very hard at the moment, especially at a day like today, it's been pissing down all day. Um, that's why my desk face a window, so I'm looking outside, or tomorrow I'm going to work out of my home office and actually go into town, because it means I've got to go out in the daylight, even if it's shit weather, which is great for my melatonin, your, hormone, your sleep hormone. So definitely look at your sleep routine, because benefits are massive and I think 
If you nail a better sleep routine, the calorie deficit, the food choices and the home cooking will come easier. You'll have more energy and you'll make smarter choices. I get some people struggle with sleep and if there is an issue, you do need to see someone then if you're struggling because it's too important. Um, you can become very poorly with poor sleep. You can have a lot of issues with that. Last one, which coincides nicely with calorie deficit. So a lot of people think of one or the other is increasing your NEAT, your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. In other words, most people wear them. There's little watches that count your steps, your daily step count. Or the amount of times you maybe go out for a walk each week um, or commuting on foot, taking the stairs, all that. So basically, it's nothing to do with your exercise. So this is where I'm saying to you, stop using fucking classes for burning calories in your workout sessions. I couldn't give two shits what I burn in a class, even when I was doing body fat. I couldn't... Uh, doing body fat, losing body fat. I couldn't give two shits. Uh, even when I was running, couldn't care less. I wasn't doing it for that reason because I know it's down to my energy in and how much I move across the day. So most people sometimes will do a one to two hour workout and then sit down all day. And I wonder why the person who's next to me who doesn't really train two, three times a week uh, is still losing body fat. And it's probably because they're in a calorie deficit and their NEAT is quite high. In a realistic world, people who are struggling with fat loss, because most people will go, well, most people don't do this. Well, most people are overweight. And that's most people are way under 7,000 steps a day. Now, when you get to 5,000 or 6,000, if like you say you were below that, the health markers increase hugely, like the benefits. You're reducing your risk of cardiac disease, which is one of the biggest killers in this country, uh, is heart disease and heart attacks. Um, it, re it reduce your risk of diabetes, reduce the risk of disease in general. So activity across your day. So I don't mean just going out for a walk millions of times a day. I mean, just get off your arse a bit more. You know, doing bits of house tasks, playing with the kids, playing with your dog or cat or whatever pets you got, um, taking a longer route to get to somewhere, commuting on foot to a, a destination, parking further away from the supermarket. I sound like probably like I'm so repetitive, like a parrot saying this, but that's literally it. If you can increase your, your energy out generally in the day for your lifestyle, so sit less and move a little bit more, and be in a calorie deficit without going to stupid low calories you want to win there with just them two as well they they i always say try do both of them try and increase your step counts while doing your calorie deficit and people will say to you, what's an ideal step count is ten thousand the number now for me i like trying to hit that because just because i do i don't need to hit that but i just do but i think anything above seven thousand is pretty decent and then after then the benefits reduce down a little bit so you won't gain any more from doing more should we say um, I think they said up to 12,000, you won't really see any more results from anything. So from a weight loss standpoint, if say you're on 3,000 steps a day on average and you get to 5,000, already you're a step closer than somebody who isn't doing that, who's saying, well, I don't do that. And it's like, well, you're, you're still where you are and you're moaning that you want to lose body fat, but you're still where you are. You're just doing diets and then not moving all day and then coming off the diet and then still not moving all day. So not addressing those habits. So don't think because I can't do seven to 10,000, then I shouldn't bother. Aim to get more than what you're doing now. That is progress. And that's going to add up. And when you build in becoming more active and generally across the day, guess what? You can fucking eat more when you get to maintenance. As one of my clients said today, I was coaching earlier. Um, I was going through some weightlift, uh, some, some lifts with us doing deadlifts. And we were talking about uh, she'd just been on a trip somewhere and uh, there was Christmas markets on. So... 
She's like, you know, she says, I'll be honest now, I, I went, t- t- tried all the pastries and everything. And she said, it was only a week, but she says, the beauty of it is that I can do that and come back and go back to my normal routine, my normal eating habits and everything. And I know after a week, my body will be pretty much back to where it was. But she says, I'm aware I've probably not gained any body fat over that week. He goes, no, you won't. I said, because you'd have to do that for a prolonged period to put that to put a significant amount of body fat on uh, and permanently like for a while not permanently i shouldn't say that but so it means you know you've put quite a bit on you've noticed it and you're noticing your clothes you have to do it for quite a prolonged piece longer time so people rush wanting fat loss results but don't think how long it's taken to gain that weight and but well body fat i should say after a week it's probably going to be a bit he- you're probably going to be heavy on the scales through you've had more carbohydrates which means you're storing more water in your cells not body fat water uh you probably have a bit of water retention from a flight or from traveling through stress uh you feel a bit sluggy just different routine but then after a week or two you'll you'll probably look and feel exactly as you were before you went away and that's what she said you know and says i'm quite happy gone back to my routine i said what have you planned this week she's planned the meals she knows what she's having she's got her shopping done you know it's and that's the thing with a lot of my clients say they're good at like say not good as in like morally, like I said, like they are well practiced at, they'll go away, they'll still make smart choices. So she was still making choices on what's high protein, where she could and where she wanted to, to be honest. Uh, had fruit and veggies when she could, but she'd had a bit more calories than usual because, well, how often you're going to get go somewhere with awesome Christmas markets, uh, especially when it's not in England. So it was enjoyable for her to go. It's a one off, it's one week, if that, I wanted barely a week. And a lot of my clients, they find it easy to slip back into routine, no problem. Because they like their routine, they like how it makes them feel. They just enjoy it. And that's the key. All these five points, calorie deficit, increasing protein and fibre, home cooking, having a sleep routine, increasing your NEAT. All of these factors are, are lifestyle and habits. And that's what I look at then with each, each person. Because each person's got to work on a different aspect within them when it comes to habits. Like some people with the calorie deficit, they might be more snacking more than having meals. Uh, it might be they don't have a lot of protein or fibre in their diet, so we need to change that. Could be they're sleeping really poor, so we need to look at their sleep routine. Or they might need external help from uh, a sleep professional. Um, they're not moving much, so let's look at their NEAT. How can we increase their NEAT in their lifestyle? What's the highest we can get to based on their lifestyle within the next few months? Um, you know, And that's what we're looking at all the time, is looking at these aspects. And then what we do, we build habits within those aspects that they're going to do for the rest of their life so they never have to fucking diet again. And people might say, but I'm not going to lose weight fast doing it that way. I'm like, yeah, okay, but how many times uh, How many times you've been going around the cycle of diet, regain, diet, regain, because you're on it or off it, rather than learn, let's just change the lifestyle. So I'm never on or off it. I'm just doing something, you know, I'm just tweaking all the time and be able to go out and have a normal life and go and enjoy Christmas markets without worrying I'm going to gain loads of body fat I you know I went to a Christmas I went to Manchester markets a few days back and I'll be honest I was definitely the calorie surplus I wasn't eating like a dickhead I mean I still had breakfast because again that's one thing I would say have a filling breakfast because then you're less likely to binge over the day um you know I enjoyed an alcoholic beverage I enjoyed a hot chocolate um I enjoyed a bratwurst sausage. Uh, one of the clients who's actually doing the... Well, two of them who were doing the slate challenge were with me, actually, because two of my friends. And again, you know, it's it's about balance, guys. You know, and they were with me enjoying the foods there. 
you know, enjoying the odd sweet treats and that because it's something they wouldn't normally do. They understand that and they know they just got to go back to what they were doing before. They said they started a different breakfast before they come out and it meant they weren't like just constantly eating at every store. They, they really thought about what they wanted to make sure it was worth having <laughs> because you just think it's a waste of fucking calories. There's nothing worse than eating something you're a bit like, mm, that's a bit shit. And this is what it's all about life. It's about balance, making smart choices and finding a way that's sustainable for the rest of their life and also finding a way that you're going to enjoy and when you do go away, when you, you actually crave your routine after a few weeks or when you do go away for like, say, I say if you go away 10 days plus, you kind of want a little bit of a routine, which is, I, I'm like that, I love routine because uh, I, I just feel like there's nicer order and I, I feel better like, even when I eat and things like that. Um, and then you just find it easier to do that if you if you move in house, if you uh, have a big life change or a changing job, you'll find it easier then nailing these aspects, learning how to adapt, because also the most the people my clients who are the most successful their fat loss, they understand how to adapt and why it's important to know how to do that when there's life changes. I mean, a few of my clients are planning having kids in the next few years, and already they're thinking about how they would change it, like we've had discussions about it, it's just generally chatting, nothing in place, but just generally chatting, like theorising what they could do, you know, and I said, well, we'll just experiment and see what happens. Um, I'm working for a pregnant lady right now, speaking of which, I'm pre and postnatal qualified now, just so you know, so I can take on clients, well, I could anyway, but I've got extra knowledge now and then more skills to help coach clients who are pregnant and or just had babies. So just so you know, if you want to work with me, I'm qualified. I'll go on to that in a moment. But I say for successful fat loss, it's looking at those habits within those five factors. It's fueling your body, looking what you can add, how to adapt when things change, how to not fuck everything off when something goes tits up. You know, if, if one of my clients or, well, like I said, it was me and two other people out on Friday and two of them were from my slate challenge. They understand it's okay to have a high calorie day that day. That's not going to fuck them up for the rest of the challenge. Like I say, it's not a fat loss challenge anyway. It's a personal challenge that they choose their health and fitness goals and we help give them the tools to work towards it. Because a lot of it's all the same, whatever you do. You know, even not doing weight loss, so you have a calorie maintenance, you'd still have high protein, high fiber in your diet. It's just you've got a bit more leeway of more calories. You'd still home cook a lot. You still have a sleep routine. You still sustain the need that you are doing as well. It just changes slightly a little bit. But other than that, those factors still come into play. So I hope this helps today because you can apply this from today. You can plan it right now. And that's the other thing. Make sure you have a fucking plan. Stop winging it. Have something in place. Write down your meal plan for the week. Write it down for the rest of the week. If you've already done a food shop but you've already got half your food gone, look what you've got in now and see what you can make up from it. I love that. It's always like it's like a game for me, that is. I, if I've got... If say I decide to deliberately not buy as much in for shopping, just to see what I can cook with what I got in, I kind of weirdly like doing that because I'm strange. Like that. It's just because I've learned to cook. I've I've learned you know how to cook different meals, so I like to experiment to see if I can enhance my knowledge on cooking. But just start applying them. Stop waiting for the right time as well. This is the best time. If you've got loads of shit on, it's the best time to do it now. Just don't worry about losing it quickly. Or fearing you're going to fail. Don't if you do fail sometimes. It's an experiment. You know, learn from it. And I think, what could I do next time? Now, you could go off and do this on your own. And probably absolutely smash it. But it is great to have support there. It is great to have guidance there. And someone to check in with you. And have that accountability. 
if you would like to work with me, because I am a very experienced personal trainer, I've been doing it for 10 plus years, and I've been working as an online coach as well for about four years now. And if you would like to work with me, you can always send me a DM on my socials at the Nag Personal Trainer. You can also reach me through email, natalie at the Nag Personal Trainer co.uk thank you for listening today and as always i'd appreciate it if you share with one other person as i'd love to help as many people as possible on their health and fitness journey thank you for listening